Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. Due to CDC recommendations, we are live streaming our services until further notice. You can join us online at 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday mornings on our YouTube channel by searching for A10 Sunday Morning, or you can watch this last week's message at area10church.com. For more information, you can visit area10church.com slash now to learn more about what is happening at Area 10 Church right now. We hope to see you back at the Bird Theater again soon. It's time to rise and shine with Topher and Rachel. Rise up in the morning with Rachel and Topher. Today we are beginning a brand new message series on leadership, learning lessons from God about how he leads his people and what we can learn from his example. This week, specifically, we're talking about God as a good shepherd. Oh, Rachel, fun fact. Did you know that a group of sheep is actually called a mob? Huh. I know. Well, did you know, fun fact, sheep can actually see 300 degrees, so they don't actually have to turn their head to see behind them. That's actually a little creepy. Fun fact, did you know a pound of wool can make up to 10 miles of yarn? Miles. Miles. Mm-hmm. Well, not so fun fact, have you ever actually looked at a sheep's eyes? I have not. Well, Google it right now. I'll wait. Just sheep's eyes. It will give you nightmares. Goo! No! Why? Do not look that up. Children, do not look that up. Adults, do not look that up. But seriously, Rachel, what does being a shepherd have to do with leadership? Well, you know, Topher, I have no clue. Hmm. So let's go to our correspondent in the field, Christopher Barris. Rise up in the morning with Rachel and Topher. Hey, good morning, Area 10. Good to see you guys again digitally. Uh, glad you're joining us and tuning in and, and being part of this whole experience together. Um, what we're trying to do in this in this in this time is to have a little bit shorter messages and then we leave time for some Q&A. So if you have a question, you can text it in and we'll, we'll sort through the questions and a little while later, I'll come back and answer as many questions as I can. Or um, you, can, you can write your question in, in the YouTube feed there if you're following us along on the YouTube live, that, that would be great. Um, I, I heard a Swedish proverb and it says this, rough waters are truer tests of leadership. In calm water, every ship has a good captain. And I thought about that because this whole coronavirus thing has us as a, as, as a globe, really, in this spot where we are in rough waters. This is uh, some unusual stuff that we're going through right now. And so um, what we're seeing right now is how good are our leaders? It, and, and it's really weird as a leader myself trying to watch what other people are doing and see how people are handling things and businesses and churches and government and schools and like everyone's trying to figure this out. And, and you really see the cream sort of come to the top with, with leadership because you, everyone's trying to figure out 
uh, in, in an uncertain situation, what are the right calls to make? And you're making calls without all the facts. And so you have political leaders and others who are making decisions They're saying, this is what we should do. And uh, it's very easy to criticize and say, oh, they're making a bad decision. Um, as someone who has led things in, in my adult life now for about 20 years, uh, I know what it's like to make decisions that are unpopular. I know what it's like to be criticized. I know what it's like when people have opinions about things when they don't necessarily have all the facts. And like, it's difficult stuff to lead well. It's really difficult to lead well in, in hard times. And so whenever I see decisions that people are making, uh, in, in, during this time and political, political leaders, they make these decisions. It, it's very easy to pile on, but I, I sort of have compassion for them because I'm like, oh man, these, it's, hard to, it's hard to get this right. Even with that caveat saying that, like I, I get it when it's hard to make good decisions as a leader, um, I still think there's some, some pretty epically bad leadership in, in some levels going on right now, and it's pretty, pretty wild to watch because our leaders of the country are... are, are giving a lot of different sort of confusing information. Um, you, you've, depending on where you live and what you're hearing and what you happen to be listening to that day, you could believe entirely different things about what's going on. In fact, I found this online, maybe you've seen this. These are like coronavirus guidelines, taking the stuff that we've heard, we'll put them together. I wanna put some up on the screen for you. Coronavirus guidelines. Number one, you can't leave your house for any reason, but if you have to, then you can. Number two, masks are useless but you have to wear one. Number three, stores are closed except for those that are open. I found that out yesterday. Dick's Sporting Goods is not open. Uh, number four, do not go to hospitals unless you have to go there, which is also true for doctors. You're not allowed to go unless you really have to. Number five, this virus is deadly, but not too scary, but it's a global disaster, okay? Uh, number six, gloves won't help, but they can still help. And then number seven, everyone needs to stay home, but it's important to go out. Yeah, it's, it's, a, little bit, it's a little bit exhausting, right? It's, it's really confusing. Um, I actually, this is how confusing it is. I, I, I went for a bike ride yesterday on the Capitol Trail towards Williamsburg, and I was out there with some friends. And um, man, I saw other people on the Capitol Trail, get this, they're wearing a mask, but not wearing a helmet. And I just wondered, like, how are they doing the math on that? Like, what, 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 what probability are they running that says that's the right way to, to approach this? But it's, it's confusing times. And so we are starting a new series today called Rise Up. And this is a series about leadership because, and we're doing it for two reasons. One, a lot of us have to lead. Even if you don't think of yourself as a leader, there's probably someone who looks up to you as a leader, whether it's someone in your home with children or at work or uh, at school or whatever, like someone's looking at you and watching what you do. And so leadership is important. And in this time and coming out of this time, whenever that is, leadership is very, very important. So I wanted to do a, a leadership series around leadership principles from Jesus and see what we can learn there so that we come out of this as, be as better leaders. Um, but the second reason I wanna do this is I, 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 a day is coming, I don't know when, but we will rise up out of these ashes. We will, we will be in, uh, things will be different, yes, but, but we will be able to get back together and, and, and things will um, get back to something like normal. I don't know exactly, but we will rise up and um, I want us to be prepared for that moment. And so we're gonna spend five weeks talking about these qualities of leaders that, that we, need, we, we need to have. And really these are just qualities that, that all people should have, that all followers of Christ should have. 
And so to do that, I want to jump right in and talk about who Jesus was as a leader. Uh, Jesus could have revealed himself to us as anything in the world. He could have showed up in, in the ancient world and said, I'm a CEO. And we would go, oh, what a CEO is. Or he could have said, I'm a general, or I'm the captain, or I'm the middle manager, or something. He could have, he could have picked any of those things to reveal himself as to us but that's not what he does. He shows up and he explains himself in a way that we're not so familiar with in our culture. Let me read it to you. John chapter 10, we're gonna be reading from there. You can follow along if you have a Bible. We'll also put it up on the screen. John chapter 10, uh, starting with verse 11. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice." So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life and I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. When Jesus explains who he is, to the people there in the first century, he refers to himself as a shepherd, and not just any shepherd, he's the good shepherd. Now, Jews in the first century, as they're listening to this, they're, the, the thing they're gonna go to, and maybe you go the, to this place in your head also, they're gonna go to Psalm 23. They're going to remember uh, Psalm 23 and, and what God says there. Uh, this is one, you, you may know this one because this is, this is the one that's always done in... Um, in, in funerals, and it's really beautiful. So listen to this. Let me just read the beginning of it. 23 verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So God is a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, he says. Um, what does that mean? Well, I, I think what a shepherd does, and the way Psalm 23 is describing this, is actually a little bit jarring for us as Americans because a shepherd is actually relatively uh, controlling over the sheep and, and very active in, in his leadership over, over the sheep. Um, and that's actually a necessary thing. If you cut a horse loose and you let a horse go, a horse will just become a wild horse. If you cut sheep loose and you let them go, they will become dead sheep. You have to have very active leadership in order for them to be healthy and, and to thrive and in the ancient world and, and in, in the world today. So, uh, so, so the Lord is my shepherd. He is actively leading us. And, and, and look at that language. The Lord is my shepherd. And it's, what does that mean? It means I shall not want. I'm, he's going to take care of my needs. He's going to uh, watch over me. I'm not going to be in need. He's going to cover my basics and make sure that I'm, that I'm okay. Um, he says he makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I think green pastures sound nice, but what doesn't sound nice is someone making me lie down. That, that feels very controlling. But you need to understand um, that, that God is, is active 
and, and that in this image of his care, he, he's, he's providing something for us. He's providing us a place to, to rest. He's providing food, that kind of thing. So take that idea of the shepherd from Psalm 23 and put that now on the backdrop of John 10 when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Um, he doesn't claim to be, I'm your coach, I'm your team leader, I'm your CEO. He's the good shepherd. And one of the qualities he really points at, and we'll talk about this more in weeks to come, but the quality that Jesus points people to is he's the good shepherd because he will lay down his life for his sheep. He mentions it verse 15, verse 17, verse 18. He's going to give up his life for the sheep that are in his care. Um, a job of a shepherd in the ancient world is pretty boring. It's, it's actually, it's probably 90% boring and then 10% terrifying. I've heard people tell me that being an anesthesiologist is the same way. It's something like that. Most of the time you're doing nothing and it's very easy. And then it's terrifying when an animal attacks, a wolf or a bear, uh, something like that. You have a lot of quiet, not quiet nights and then sometimes it's crazy. This is a job for teenagers, uh, teenage boys, um, and they're supposed to take care of the sheep. And they would learn maybe to fight off some animals with a sling. This is why David could, could fight Goliath because he was good with a sling. He'd probably learned that being a shepherd. But there's a limit to what you're going to do for minimum wage, right? And so at some point, the, sheep, the shepherds are going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give up my life for the sheep. Now, you're going to have to, if you lose sheep, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to give an account for that because sheep are valuable. But, but your average shepherd is only going to go so far with that. And Jesus takes it to another level and says, I'm a shepherd, but I'm actually the good shepherd. Like, I will lay down my life for you. I am caring for you. I'm protecting you. I'm making sure you have what you need. The shepherd does everything. He, and, and if you're, you're sick, the shepherd carries you in his arms and, and, and brings you back to a place where you can get healthy. Um, following the shepherd is, is, having a shepherd is to have someone who will say to you, don't worry, this is under control. I'm going to, I'm going to handle this. Um, and I think that all of us, whether we realize it or not, we are all looking for a good shepherd. We're looking for someone who will come along and say, this is okay, I'm going to care for you. It's going to be fine. Honestly, and we, we don't think of it in those terms. We don't speak about it in those terms. But honestly, a lot of people got married thinking they had found their shepherd, in a sense. They had found someone who I can give myself completely to this person, and they will care for me, and they will be good for me, and I'm not going to have to want or, 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 or I'm not going to you know, struggle because I found my shepherd in this other person. Um, and then you're married for a little bit, and it's like, surprise, that doesn't exactly work that way, Right? A lot of you are angry or disappointed or upset that your parents were supposed to be a shepherd for you. They were supposed to care. They were supposed to nurture. And they did the opposite of that. They, and, and as you got older, you realized that your parents are people too with their own flaws and their struggles. And you found out, surprise, they, they can't care for you like a, a shepherd truly uh, should. And in some cases, you've had some friends or you've taken a job, or you voted for a politician, and you believe that, man, this is the one. This is going to be my shepherd. You didn't use those words, but you said, this is the person that's going to take care of things, that's going to make things all like they should be. This is it. This is where I'm going to put my hope. And all of those people and all of those things eventually disappoint you. People, I see people do it with pastors. I, I've seen people do it to me. They come to me with a problem and, and you can just see the look in someone's eyes when that, and, and they're looking at you and there's, and it's sort of like, oh, you're going to, you as a pastor, you're going to be able to take care of me, right? Or you're going to say the thing that's going to untrouble my soul. 
And no matter how good a pastor is, no matter how good of a shepherd they are, um, they're not the good shepherd. They're, they're, all of us will, will, will disappoint you in, in some way. Um, now, you may hear all that and you go like, well, I don't, I don't need that. I don't really cling to that. I used to be the kind of person who was looking for someone to be my shepherd, to be my savior, to be everything for me. But I am more emotionally mature than that. I don't, I don't need that. Uh, I've got friends who are still like that, that are looking for this person to complete them or something. Um, I'm well adjusted. But the truth is when you say that, when you say, no, no, I don't need a shepherd to take care of me, what you're really saying is, I don't need the shepherd to take care of me. I am going to be my own shepherd. Um, that's, that's who you're saying is, is really going to be in charge of you. And that really is a super American thing to do, right? And, or maybe a Western thing in the Western world to say like, no, I don't need anybody. I'm my own shepherd. Uh, I, I can bla- we don't say I'm my own shepherd. We'll say I'm gonna blaze my own path or we will say sort of famously in our culture, you do you. And you're over here like, I'm doing me. I'm, I'm my own person here. I don't need anyone to, I don't need to rely on anyone because when you rely on people, they let you down. I am going to be self-reliant. How's self-reliant working out these days? I think it's got some issues. I think there's some disappointment there. Um, maybe some of the most unsettling parts of this whole COVID-19 thing for us is um, we are, we're fine with staying home to some degree, for a while. It, at first, it sort of feels like a snow day in Richmond, which is like we have the day off and there's barely any snow. So it feels like that at first, like, oh, snow day, and then it's like a snow week, and then it's like a snow six weeks, and then it's like, how long does this go on? Um, the, the, the problem is there's no, there's no clear voice from a shepherd. There's no like, uh, when does this end? What changes? What's gonna happen next? How's this gonna go? And what we find out, even if we're self-reliant, we find out that we don't have control. You can't make plans for June or July or August or September. You, you don't know what's coming and, and, and we freak out. And the truth is that we're, that we're coming to realize is you really have less control than you think about so many things in life. Think about all the things you can't control. You can't control other people. You can't control the economy. You can't control our weather. You can't control your children. Uh, you can't control your own emotions. Uh, you can't control the food chain. You can't control the price of oil, which apparently is really good right now. Uh, but you can't control so many things. And there's so many things that are a part of our own success or that, that really come from things that are outside of our control. And so you either believe that God is ultimately in control. And even in this weird thing, this bad thing, um, God can make something good out of it and, and new things can grow out of this. And, and God can be the shepherd, the good shepherd who will make uh, straight lines out of the crooked lines. Or you believe, I don't know, it's all hopeless and nobody really knows answers and we're all sort of doomed to fate. I choose to believe in a God who has a plan and that he's going to make something out of this. I don't know how it's going to unfold yet, but that's a choice I'm making to say, I believe God's going to do something here. So let me ask you two questions for your reflection. Maybe you can think about this this week. Maybe if you're in small groups, you can talk about this. Number one, do you believe that you need a shepherd? Honestly, do you think you do? Uh, do you think that you need a shepherd or you think that, no, I'm, I'm good on my own. I will handle all my own business. I am self-reliant. Um, and then number two, 
Do you believe that God is actually good and will care for you? And that's hard. Let's be honest about it. For some, you say, oh yeah, I believe God's good and will care for me. It's like, well, it's kind of like, how much pain are you in right now? Because if you're in a lot of pain, it's hard to believe in a God who's good and who will care for you. And so I, I want us to think on that uh, because we need, to, we need to answer that question in our soul. And this is a weird time, I know. These are hard times and these are big questions, but maybe this is a really good time to, to wrestle with that and, and say, um, uh, it, it, do I have a shepherd? Because I, I believe if we're gonna rise up like, like we should when, when this is all done, um, we, we can come back stronger, but we need to be connected to, that, to, to the good shepherd. Um, as a church... At Area 10, the, a leadership model we embrace is, is this idea of shepherd. So I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a shepherd in the church. I'm not like the CEO or something like that. We, we sort of look at that shepherd model. Um, and so we have shepherds following after the good shepherd in this church. Uh, we have uh, elders. There's six elders. I'm one of one of six of them. Um, in addition to el- and so the elders pray and 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 uh, minister to the body and are, are checking in. Maybe you've uh, we, we've, the elders have been making a lot of calls to people during this time and kind of checking in. Um, in addition to those shepherds, our, we have seven people on staff, men and women who uh, we care, we reach out, we are, we are, we are functioning as shepherds also over the over the body of Christ, over the family here. Uh, there's elders, but. Uh, elders and staff. And then in addition to that, uh, we have small group leaders. In a, in a given year, we probably have 40 plus small group leaders. Those men and women know that they're called to be shepherds because we talk to them about it in small group leader training. That is the way as a church we view the body. We say, okay, there are men and women who are shepherds. So your small group leader is a shepherd for, for you. And so that means if you need care, if you need help, if you need support, if you need someone to pray with, someone to cry with, that's what your small group should do for each other. And, and the small group leader as a shepherd should, should kind of help grease those wheels and kind of help make that happen. Um, I've seen that happen in our church even in the last couple of weeks. One of the things we forget about during this global pandemic is that Regular life goes on for a lot of people and people are still dealing with really hard things that are unrelated to that. Um, a, a man in our church died just a couple weeks ago and part of one of our small groups and the small group came around the widow um, and, and loved her and supported her. I even reached out to her and, and she was well cared for by um, a lot of the people in, in, the, in the small groups. They were reaching out and, and that's what shepherds do. We, we look after one another. Um, I've seen that in this church where someone loses a job and someone's helping them with resources. Someone needs a place to live and someone else helps. Someone's sick in the hospital and people in the small group have gone and sat with the person in the hospital. Like I've seen this happen here over the years. Um, This is how shepherding is supposed to work. Shepherding does not work like, oh, uh, everybody needs me or someone to to just come sit at their bed if they're sick. If you're sick, and you, and you need me to show up, you're gonna be disappointed because I've got people that I'm trying to minister to. And, and so it's not my job to show up at everybody's bedside or, or whatever if someone's sick. It's my job to make sure that we have shepherds that are, that are doing that and, and I'm training them up and, and we're working together. And so um, that, that's the way our system is, is set up as a church. Um, now, have we always done this well? Have we always shepherded well at Area 10? Nope, we, ha- we haven't. Um, and I'm not proud of that. 
Um, I can think of misses. I can think of emails I've gotten. I can think of people who are frustrated that in their moment of need, they were not cared for well. Um, And one of the things I'm taking out of this whole coronavirus time is when you take away our Sunday gathering the way we've done it, what do we have? What, how do we reach out? When you say you can't gather in small groups, how do we do this? And we have had to get very creative, as has everybody, and figured out what does community look like? What does it look like to shepherd people? How do we check in and, 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 and what are the ways we can still build relationships even though we're, we're having to, to keep some distance right now? Um, so just to wrap this shepherding idea up, Um, what I wanted to do is give you like eight principles of shepherding from Jesus in John chapter 10. And I was going to talk about how he lays down his life and and how his sheep know his voice and and all that kind of stuff. And all of that's good. And we could talk about some of that in in the next four weeks of the series. But really, when you boil it down, what does it mean to shepherd? Well, it means you care. That's it. You care about people. And you care... Uh, and, and you get into that and you care well for people. Um, and that's, that's what I'm taking away. Where, h- how am I caring for the people that are around me? Um, a, a couple months ago, a friend of mine sent me a shirt. He had the same shirt and I, I told him I liked it and he sent me one in the mail. And um, th- th- there was this T-shirt and it came in the mail and my wife saw the shirt before I did. And she said, who sent you the jerk shirt? And I was like, jerk shirt? What is the shirt I got in the mail? And the shirt uh, is a quote from Jocko Willink. If you know Jocko Willink, he's a Navy SEAL, business leadership consultant guy, very like alpha male guy, if you ever heard his stuff. Um, but it's a quote from him, and it just says on the shirt, nobody cares, work harder. And uh, I was like, oh, that's, that's awesome. I'm going to wear that to the gym, which is where you should wear that kind of shirt. It's appropriate at the gym when you're trying to, you know, deadlift or whatever. Uh, but uh, my wife says, Chris, you, you can't wear that shirt to work at church. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I can't. So I came into the office not wearing the shirt, but I was telling some of the staff, I was like, yeah, I got this shirt that says nobody cares, work harder. And I was like, I was like my wife told me I can't wear it around you guys. And Topher said, I think you can. He goes, that's kind of on brand for you. <laughs> and, um, and so that was funny. And then I thought about it. I was like, that's, that's not great, you know, as a pastor of a church that someone would say nobody cares, work harder is your brand. Um, and if you asked Topher now, he would, he would like, he gets me and, and he would say, no, I, I know Chris cares. I, I, I know him well, but I don't always project that in the way I carry myself sometimes. And so I, that was really challenging to me to think through, you know, what, what legacy do I leave? What, what impact do I have on those around me? And, and where do I need to up my game as a, as a shepherd? Um, and, and so the questions I'm asking myself and the questions you can ask yourself is, do, do you care? And if so, how do you show that to the people you work with, to the people who work for you, to the people who work with you, to the people who are your boss? How do you show care for the people in your home um, that you care about them and, and are there to serve their needs? Where is, this, where is that showing up for you at your house or at your work? Um, the good shepherd cares for us and lays down his life for us, and, and we need to care for those who are around us as well.
So we're gonna celebrate the Good Shepherd laying down his life for us. We take communion together. Um, because we're, as a church now, we are, uh, because we're scattered in homes right now, we can still take communion and get bread and juice that represents the body and blood of Christ. And, and during the next worship song that we're going to sing, take a moment, take that bread, take that juice, thank God for his sacrifice that the, that, that shepherd laid down his life for you. Thank God for that. Um, and then, uh, and, and then at, at as, as we do that, as we sing, we take that communion. As that wraps up, I'll come back and answer just a couple questions before we go. And I've got a couple announcements to tell you before we go as well. So let's pray together. God, thank you for being the good shepherd. Uh, you're not the hired hand. You're not one who is just there for the money and then bails when things get hard. But you are here with us in the pain, in the suffering, in, in the good stuff and in the bad. Um, God, may we cling to that now in a world that needs answers and solutions. We, we, our hope is in you. God, help us as everyone who has to lead. Uh, may we rise up and be better leaders. May we acknowledge our shortcomings and see where our flaws are and, and work on those things and have your spirit work on those things so we can become better at what we do and better uh, people who care better for those who are around us um, in our homes, in our work, everywhere, at school. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. I just want to answer a couple of your questions. You had some good questions that were sent in to us. I'm going to answer what I can, and then I got two quick announcements to give you before we roll out. Uh, number one, the question is, how can we be sure that we are following the true voice of the Good Shepherd and not just imagining words that our selfish nature wants to hear? Man, that's a great question. We touched on this idea a little bit last week, actually, uh, but, but, but I think it's a, it's a key idea. Um, Jesus says in John 10, that his sheep know his voice. And so the, the, the best way we can know we're hearing the good shepherd is get used to what his voice sounds like. Um, that, that, that would be easy if, if we had like audible and tone and things like that. But, but for me, I look at the scriptures and go, okay, what are the things Jesus says? What are the kinds of things he says? What, what, where, where do you see his heart in the scriptures? Once you are well versed in that, once you are comfortable with that, you start to go, okay, and, and, and you get this thought in your head, you go, okay, that actually sounds like God, because sometimes it definitely does not sound like you, like where did that idea come from? Uh, that sounds like God, and so one is just familiarity, familiarity with prayer and journaling and reading the scripture, familiarity with his voice and the kind of things Jesus says, and then secondly, if you're questioning, I would go to a, a trusted friend and say, hey, I think God's leading me this. I think this is what I'm hearing. What do you see? And, and sometimes uh, a, an outside friend who also has the spirit in them can, can give you like, say, oh yeah, I, I, that seems right to me. Um, and that's a great question because sometimes, man, I've had people say, oh, God's telling me to do this thing. And I'm like, God's telling you to do this thing that's like directly contradicts scripture. Like, are you sure that's God telling you that or is that you telling you that? So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a good one. Second question, how do we show care for those who don't want to be cared for? Um, a lot would depend on the context of, what, of who's asking and, and the, your specific situation. Because one thing I think of is everybody wants to be cared for at some level. It doesn't mean everybody has to be cared for by you. Um, and, and maybe that's, and maybe that's, the situation that you're in. I mean, if you're in a leadership position with them and you go, well, it's my job to care no matter what. Um, if, if people ask for distance, I think you have to give them distance and, and trust that uh, you can't force yourself in there. You have to trust that this is what 
that God will, will provide and, and, can, and can make up for that. Um, I think sometimes caring for people and loving them well is to give them the, the distance that they're asking for. Uh, but you can always pray for them and show them support in various ways. Jesus actually tells to pray for our enemies. So never mind the people who just don't want us to care for them. We're supposed to pray even for enemies. So if that's the case, at, at minimum, you can be praying for someone and looking for open opportunities to show that you care um, along the way. Uh, last question, in what is a way a leader can show they care when they have to make hard decisions that may not be popular or may not be what they think their people want? Um, so much of that, I think, as someone, I, I mean, I definitely relate to that. I've had, had to make decisions at times that were unpopular. So much of that, I think, has to do with everything that happened before the decision was made. Like, what kind of relationship did you build over time with the people that you're working for? Um, uh, my experience has been if there's trust, uh, then you can make a decision and people will have your back because you've shown to be trustworthy or something, or, they, or that they've shown that they trust you along the way. Um, and they go, okay, I, that wouldn't be my decision, but I, but I get it. Um, I, I've also seen that you, you need to have the why behind the what a lot in, in situations. You can say, this is the decision, but depending on how close people are on the leadership, in, in, into the leadership circle, I guess, people, uh, people need to know why. They, they would go like, okay, how did you run the math on that? And what, what were the factors that you were considering? Okay, now I see why you made the decision that, that you made. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the best I've got. I, I can't, you know, there's still been times that I've made leadership decisions and I'm like, well, this isn't going to be popular and it isn't. And, um, I, and, I, and there's been times where I felt like I did it in a really kind way or felt like I did it with a level of care, but it just wasn't received well because it's like, you, you just don't like the decision. It doesn't matter how nice I do it or whatever. Uh, so that's, that's challenging and, and you have to, and I've had to like go to God and say, okay, correct me where I'm wrong. Did I do this wrong or could I have done this better? So uh, that, that's probably the, the, the best I have on that. That's a, that's a pretty tough situation for sure. Uh, okay, so a couple things before we go. Um, two things I want to let you know about. One is um, we can be outside. That's one of the things, get outside. And the weather in May in Richmond is usually great, so we're, we're coming into a good season. Um, walk through Carytown. There's not a lot of shops open. There's some. But we have set up a prayer walk in Carytown uh, with some stations around, different things to pray for. And it'd be just a great way to get out and enjoy the sunshine when we have a good day. Get out there and walk through the different stations. And then the prayer walk ends at our property at 2810. And in front of the blue building on our property, we have set up a little prayer garden with some benches there. Um, and we've got a, a, a place where you can write a personal prayer request and put it into a box and know that we'll, we'll be praying for you throughout the week. So take advantage of that. Go just walk through Carytown. It's not super crowded right now. Pray for the city. Pray for different things that are there. And then put your prayer requests in, in the prayer garden in front of our, our, our property. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be a cool thing. We wanted to just not do all prayers digitally. We wanted to do something where we're, we're kind of out in the space and, and, and that. So um, that's one thing. And then finally, 
There's a network of churches throughout the city called, and they work with a group called Four Richmond. And if you go to Four Richmond's website, I think it's fourrichmond.org, uh, we'll put up a slide about it, but you go there, they have slash like love your neighbor. Um, they have this system called adopt a block. And what they're asking is that Christians all over the metro area will adopt the block where they live and say, I will pray for this block. I will reach out to needs on this block. They give you some resources there to do that. If you'd like to participate in that, go to the website and sign up and say, this is my block. I will pray for and care for the shepherd in some way, the people on this block. Um, that would be a great thing to do. Their, their, their thing is, man, there's a couple hundred thousand Christians in the metro area. We should all be able to touch and reach out to all the people and be providing a whole blanket of prayer and care over our city and, and the counties uh, during this time. So go to that website and, uh, and maybe adopt the block where you live. Uh, and you'll see some resources there of, of what you can be doing and how to do it well. Cool. That's, our, that's what we got for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in and worshiping with us. Um, I, I look forward to the day when I don't have to say that you tuned in uh, and that you were just actually here and I saw you. And so uh, looking forward to that day, as I'm sure are, are many of you. But uh, God is good and um, he uh, still is in control and, and things... Um, Things will get better, <laughs> uh, but it's been it's been a weird season. But thanks for worshiping with us, uh, and and hope to see you in small groups and, and different things throughout the week. Let, let me pray as we as we close out. Lord, thank you for today, uh, for uh, another day. May we um, honor you. May we pray to you. May we use this time to uh, connect with you and learn your voice, so that we we know the voice of the good shepherd. God, in the in the quieter moments. That, that maybe we're experiencing today. And, and I know God, for a lot of us with like small children, there are no quiet moments right now. But in, in this um, sort of global slowdown, um, may we use this time to, to really seek you and hear your voice. And God, may we rise up out of this and become stronger followers of you. Um, God, thank you for this community um, and, and, and the 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 great people that are in it. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Go in peace.